Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. Well, as we kick off Youth Month, uh, we shift our focus today to the issue of job-seeking platforms, particularly that help young people save money as they look for work. We've got some organizations that have managed uh, to come together and zero-rate their websites. And this uh, is important because it means that young people don't need data uh, to be able to go onto these websites, while others, of course, have opted to have centers. This is physical centers that are easily accessible to young people. Errol Freeman is the Chief Executive Officer of Lula Lab Foundation. Errol, good morning to you. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for coming on to the show. Andrew Raj is the CEO of the REACH Trust. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Cathy. And Leanne Viviers is the founder of Monitor. Leanne, good morning to you as well. Good morning, Cathy. I think a good place to start would be perhaps to ask all of you about the programs that you are running. Errol, let me give you a chance to go first. Tell us more about Lula Lab and what you do there. So Lula Lab is the um, social arm of the Lula Wise um, group of companies. Um, Lula Wise has been around since 2011 and Lula Lab uh, was set up in 2016. Uh, and the original agenda for Luluway was basically to create a bridge between the unemployed youth uh, in the country and you know opportunities that were far uh, far away from them physically and uh, you know access to information et cetera et cetera so our initial uh concept and how we started was uh, you know with a set of um physical uh, job centers around the country at our largest we had about two hundred and fifty. But with the advent of, uh, you know, COVID and uh, what that did with regards to lockdown, et cetera, et cetera, it made the physical infrastructure not that relevant anymore. There's obviously also other stuff, is, which is the, you know, smartphones and access to data and, and internet cafes, et cetera, et cetera, that made it not as necessary as it did before 11 years ago. So then we opened up our, you know, our uh, system to um, people applying online through their phones or at internet cafes or whatever that may be. And uh, we were able to carry on. Uh, our database is in excess of a million people, a million job seekers. Um, and that is going on a daily basis. And so, so yeah, that's, that's the core. Of the, you know, we do a lot of other things. Uh, we do some very interesting projects and research projects in, in the space. But I think to answer the question and, and what you guys are talking about this morning, I think that's, that's pretty relevant to, to, to the question at the moment. And, and Errol, how would you describe your operating model? You know, even at the time where you were running these physical centers, the opportunities that you were exposing young people to, where were those coming from? How did it all work? So I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, initially we were going to be an online job portal for the entry-level market. Uh, and we built, we built the tech, you know, we built the tech. And we're constantly, um, you know, you know, building and changing the tech as as, as time goes on. You know, we do, we do that in house. But um, the market out there, the employers, so a head office, a corporate head office, would buy into what we're doing because you know they wanted to have sight of what was going on in the ground, et cetera, et cetera. But it was quite hard to implement um, on the ground. The managers, the retailers, the the guys in security, the guys in the cleaning services, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, they were they were wanting you know immediate 
satisfaction and not really wanting to go online and search for people. You've got to understand, with the, the, the market that we hunt is, is like the lowest you know, rung of the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We really are the entry level where the majority of unemployment sits with the majority of the problem that we have in this country, the unemployment youth problem that we have in this country, even with qualified people or semi-qualified people. It really is school leavers, people that are looking for jobs that haven't got any skills, uh, you know, and are looking, and the jobs that, that, that we offer are entry-level jobs. It's really not, you know, we don't we don't hunt in the, 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 the higher echelons of, of job opportunities. We really are on the, on the lowest and I said this with all due respect. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any, any way, but it's at the lowest level in the sense of the needs and the qualifications and experience, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's, where we, that's where we focus our attention. I think it's really an important area. You know, um, unemployment affects us all. It's not just the person that's unemployed, but it's really the, the whole of community, uh, the entire community, everybody living in this country is affected by it. And it's an area that we've been focusing on for, as mm. I said, 11 years. Mm. So, so, Errol, just so that I'm clear, and I'm asking this level of detail because there'll be young people who are listening and who want to know kind of what it is that they need to do. Is your portal one way one uploads their details, uploads their CV, and if there's an opening, they're contacted by you? Or, Correct. Okay, is that how it works? Yes. Okay. So, that's a, but we also do um, what we call the career drives, where we will, you know, mobilize a, a whole bunch of people in a specific geographic space or whatever that may be. We use multiple means, you know, not only our system, but we we use, uh, you know, multiple, uh, you know, social media, um, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. We use a USSD platform, we use WhatsApp, we use SMS, emails, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and we can mobilise a lot of people. So we have access to people that might not be on our system mm. that we may bring into a specific call or something like that and train and put them on the system if there's a specific driver, specific need. So it's a little bit of a, a, a hybrid approach. It's it's, uh, it's tech, but it's also we can't take the physical element out of it either. Right. You know, initially what we were perceived was going to just be a tech system and data in, data out has become a much more complex, uh, you know, animal to deal with. All right. You know, it's not, it's not, just, it's not just tech that, we, that we're reliant on. Thanks for that, Errol. Uh, we'll hear from Andrew and Leanne in a moment. Okay, thank you. SAFM. Primetime, all day long. We continue the conversation on the talking point, and today we're focusing on organizations that have platforms specifically to help young people that are looking for jobs in very different ways. We've heard from Errol Freeman of um, Lula Lab, and he's still on the line. We'll continue, of course, uh, the conversation. Andrew Raj, you are with uh, the REACH Trust. Tell us more about the work that the REACH Trust does. Thank you very much, Cathy. Um, I think most of your listeners uh, will remember a, a messenger service called Mixit. Don't know if you ever used it. Yes, um, of course. <laughs> normally, normally we get a chuckle or two out of people when we mention that. But um, I'm just referencing it because um, our roots uh, actually date back to the Mixit days. Um, so while we called the REACH Trust now, we were originally established as the Mixit REACH Trust. 
And the purpose for our existence was to look at ways to help improve people's lives using Mixit. And back in the day, we did loads of things. We did uh, maths and science programs on Mixit. We did um, HIV stuff. We did gender-based violence uh, counseling for all manner of things. Um, basically, just leveraging the, the Mixit technology and the scale that Mixit had achieved. But the sad reality is that Mixit is no more. So, um, so the, the sort of issues that we're trying to address haven't gone away, even though uh, Mixit isn't there. So we, we've continued to operate. We're now called the REACH Trust. And essentially, our aim is to try and improve people's lives using mobile technology. Um, we've got two primary focus areas, and they are early childhood development, so trying to help stimulate children before they get to school. Um, I don't know if you picked up on the Thrive by Five report that came out recently, but essentially it showed that only 35% of South Africa's children at the age of five are actually developmentally on track. That's a really scary thing to think about. Um, basically, it means that only 35% of children are likely to succeed at school and then go on to, to um, you know, get degrees. Not to say that a degree is the be-all and end-all, but fundamentally, um, very few of our children are set up to succeed in the education system. So that's the one area of our work. And then the other area is focused on skills development and, and addressing the unemployment crisis. And the program that we have that uh, plays in that space is called Move Up. So you can either find Move Up um, on, on the, uh, the Mobi site, the zero-rated site, which is moveup.mobi, or you can find us on Facebook, um, or you can access um, our, our WhatsApp channel. But essentially our mission with Move Up is to, to make every young person in South Africa upwardly mobile and not to think of themselves as being in a static position, but rather... This is a point in time. We help you create a CV, but then we are constantly trying to nudge you and help uh, in, improve that CV. We actually call it a smart CV. It's free to create. And every time you do something new on the platform, for example, complete a course or do some kind of volunteering activity, your CV will automatically update. Uh, and then there's also the opportunity to search for jobs on the platform. But uh, that, in a nutshell, is what we're doing. All right. So, so, so you you then are, are are taking you know both approaches where you are helping young people develop some skills. Uh, when you talk about the volunteer program, what 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 happens there? Explain it to us. Well, so um, I mean, to be clear, we're we're just what we're trying to encourage young people to do is to think about doing stuff before they get their first job. Um, so it's not necessarily stuff that we're doing directly with them, like um, creating a volunteering opportunity, but rather encouraging them to go and volunteer somewhere and to, to include that on their CV. Um, I think maybe just to, to explain it in a little bit more context, if you've, if you've competed school and have grade 12, you're competing with a lot of other people. It's really hard to differentiate yourself from, from other people. So the more you can add to your CV through doing other things, the better your chance uh, you'll have when you actually apply for a job. All right. Fair enough, Andrew. Thanks for that. Uh, Leanne, you're founder of Monitor. You can also uh, tell us more about your organization and the work that you do. Thanks, Kathy. I'm very excited to be part of this discussion. It's really close to our hearts here as Mentor. Um, so Mentor provides touch-based solutions that empower the digitally disconnected 
to prepare for jobs, find jobs, and grow on the job. So really what that means is that we provide cat-based tools, which are already chatbots or AI-driven processes in the back end that enable organizations to streamline and automate their processes in, in order to really reach and support so many more out there with the same budget. So on the one hand, we work with not-for-profits, and we um, provide them with the tools to really reach a lot more people out there, significantly scaled more the um, impact in the communities that they work with. So these tools include now typically a CV builder um, that people can do right there on WhatsApp. Um, so in South Africa, we mainly integrate with WhatsApp as a chat base that's obviously used um, use most of all. We're also international. In some other countries, we um, work with some other chat apps that's most prevalent in the communities. Um, so all these tools we deploy on WhatsApp in South Africa, and the not-for-profits can then use that to empower the people in the community to build their CV on, on WhatsApp from scratch, um, getting, getting a nice formatted PDF back in return, and even come back to WhatsApp and update that on the go whenever they need to. Um, then they can do skills exploration or kind of light touch psychometric assessments that help them really guide their path um, and their career and point them on where which type of jobs are best fit for them. They can do further um, soft skills training and interview skills training, which we all know are so needed among the youth. And then the Meltapop can even deploy their, their current training programs through our WhatsApp tools that really enable them to reach many, many more out there um, and have a larger impact and also do surveys and monitoring evaluation via the WhatsApp that enables them to really report back to their funders and donors on the real impact that they are achieving. And then on the other hand, we don't just leave it there. We also support businesses to be so much more inclusive um, and equitable with the recruitment processes by leveraging our WhatsApp chatbot tools to do and facilitate the whole recruitment process. So you can imagine if, if, um, if you make these positions really um, and, and, and access for the job seekers by simply applying via WhatsApp versus having to go to internet or go into offices, you can reach so many more people deep into rural um, and marginalized communities and empower them to come forth and provide and present themselves for the positions that um, they really are have the potential to fulfill. So um, we've actually found that the businesses that we worked with that recruited through our tools have been so um, have been able to find the right fit talent among the masses. And hence, because they make the right decisions in, in employment, they improve the retention of the of new started employees by 70%, which is a significant improvement um, in, in um, preventing this dropout that's so costly for the job seekers and the recruiters. But actually, just to mention behind that, so really, all these tools that we provide, um, at the heart of it is really because we wanted to do something significantly scalable about youth unemployment globally. And we, we want to see millions, um, millions of lives being impacted and no one being left behind. And why we came up with this is that we realized that us, meaning our businesses, our organizations, keep on expecting of these youth to come to us. So come to our offices, come to our internet job sites, um, come to our training centers, and really it's almost become unaffordable for them to do so. Um, so also the youth capital has been doing a very deep, in-depth, um, rich research recently, and they found that it costs these youth about a thousand rand a month to apply for jobs. Um, and about half of that is just going into data, and the other on traveling costs, copier machines, 
um, copying of, of CVs and so forth. And so what we, we realized is if we really want to help the masses out there, we can't keep on expecting them to come to us. We have to meet them where they are at. Mm-hmm. And guess where they're at? On WhatsApp. Right. And hence, we built all the tools to guide them from there through the whole pathway to getting a job. Oh, fantastic. We'll continue the conversation with our guests after the latest 1030 News headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. And like I said earlier, we're looking at organizations that are doing work specifically when it comes to helping young people access jobs. And as you heard from our guests, uh, a lot of them are running these zero rated platforms, uh, which means that it's free, at least, um, you know, for young people to be able to go on, uh, find out about jobs, upload some of their CVs in some instances, others help young people with putting those CVs together. I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006, especially if you have specific questions for our guests. And on the WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107. I want to find out from you, you know, especially as people that have been um, working in, in the space that is targeting young people and trying to bring opportunities to young people. What have been what are some of the big mistakes that you find young people often making that sometimes may be barriers to them accessing potential opportunities, Errol? So I'd say the the, the biggest mistake, and it's it's socioeconomic issues as well. But um, job retention is always a problem in the in the entry level space. So if a young person gets a job, it's usually not a, a great job in the sense that. You know, they're not earning an exceptional amount of money and uh, transport costs are expensive. And, but they just don't know the, how to navigate their way through their first uh, job opportunity. And quite often, um, you'll see abscontion happening. So it won't be a situation whereby they will, you know, go to the superior and just say, you know, this is a problem that I've got. Can you help me? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, let's be honest. But very often they just don't come back to work. Now, that is a, a major problem, you know, with regards to them finding another job. So I'd say just having the wherewithal and the soft skills to manage, um, you know, work and manage the, the, the world of work, especially for the first time without any, having any real role models that have had experience in this to give them advice is one of the, the biggest you know, problems that we experience. So we might place a whole bunch of kids, but you know, a high percentage of them are just not going to stick it out. And they're absconding like pretty soon. I mean, anything between the first uh, three to six months, you know, you're looking at about 30 to, to, to 40% absconding rates, sure. depending on the job, depending yeah. on who they're working for, et cetera, et cetera. But mm. uh, that's the biggest problem that we find. Do you find that it just happens out of the blue that, you know, they, they're here today, don't show up tomorrow and without really giving any reasons why? Sure, that's happening all the time. I mean, we are getting better at it. You know, we've been mm. doing this for, as I said, eleven years. So we, 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 we're getting. You know, we, we, we certainly know what we're doing. But there's still, there's not. It's not a science. You know, so we do, um, you know, assessments and we do, uh, you know, work readiness training and all sorts of stuff like that. You know, to try, you know, uh, you know, try, try come up with solutions. 
And yes, the numbers are improving if we do that sort of interventions. But quite often, it's just, yeah, today they're working, tomorrow they're not. Um, and I understand, you know, we're talking, you know, real, real, real life problems that, 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 that most of these guys have got, mm. you know, but they also, you know, and I don't think they value the opportunity to work and grow within an organization or get skills and experience to move on and move upwards. Um, you know, expectations are, you know, that, um, you know, they have a matrix certificate or whatever, or some diploma or something like that. And the expectation is this is like a rite of passage. Mm. You know, this is a rite of passage to, you know, to, to, to great things. And, uh, you, you, you know, guys that work hard and, 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 and show intervention and show, uh, you know, positive attitudes generally do move up within organizations and do, you know, do get, uh, you know, better jobs and better pay, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we try to encourage them just to have, you know, grit, just to stick it out, just to keep at it, you know, to, 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 to not, you know, take it and, and, and work hard and, and, and carry on. Yeah, you have to be willing to, to, to slog it out. And, and, and I suppose, you know, they, these are not conversations that are always had honestly about the journey that it takes to uh, actually build a career. Andrew, sure. what would you say has been your experience? Yeah, well, I think, firstly, Errol's done a good job of, of summarizing um, the key issues. Um, uh, just a couple of sort of things I would add to that is we, we often talk about playing the long game, uh, and that is being able to see that sticking in a job, even if you're not enjoying it, mm. is actually going to be beneficial in the long run. One of the key things um, that you need uh, later is, is good references. And if you leave a job um, just without telling anyone, it's very unlikely you're going to get a good reference from the from the manager you had there. Um, if you leave a job and you've spoken to that manager and you've explained the situation, there's a far better chance of you getting a reference from that person, even if you left the job. You know, there's, there's the human element. We all understand situations. Um, so if you're ever in that position where you do have to leave a job, make sure you have a, a decent conversation with your manager and explain the situation um, and I think you can still make something of, of that um, that situation um, the other the other thing um, oh, I've completely lost my train of thought uh, don't, don't worry about it Andrew I'm going to give you a moment to gather that train of thought again we're going to take a quick break I'm back with our guests after this SAFM values your views be an active citizen we continue the conversation on the talking point. We're looking at, in particular, organizations that assist young people who are in the job market and a lot of them offering uh, your zero-rated websites as well. And currently we're dealing with some of the challenges that these organizations have picked up over the years um, and, and really the common mistakes that young people make um, when trying to access opportunities. So, Andrew, l- let me continue with you. So I've, I've got my trainer's thought back. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, so the other thing that I think happens to people is um, is that, for example, you've studied one particular thing and now you're desperate to get a role in a certain field. I'll take my own personal example. I studied economics um, at university and I was looking to get a, a job in, in banking, which I did eventually do but the first thing I did um, was actually just get a job as a waiter mm-hmm. and I I actually think I learned a great deal from working as a waiter you you develop tremendous 
skills in uh, dealing with different different types of people, sort of project managing situations. It might it might not you might not realise it, but you know just taking an order, taking it to the kitchen, um, figuring out which table to serve when, sort out the drinks orders. All of that is basic project management skills. So. Getting some kind of job, it might not be your ideal job, but getting some kind of job is is really beneficial to you. And you'll always learn something regardless of the role you're, you're doing. What, you, what you're saying is so important, Andrew. And, and I wonder when you have conversations with young people, what drives this idea that, you know, if, if I have a qualification in a particular field, I must necessarily make sure that I get a job in that field and any other opportunity that may come up is perhaps not worth considering. Um, look, I, I think it's, it's multifaceted, but the, the, we, we as humans have a tendency to become a little bit blinkered in, in our approach. So if you've set your your mind on doing something and then you've gone and studied it. for example you've got a diploma in something you're, you're kind of you're almost blinkered and, and looking at the world and, and only looking at opportunities directly in your field of vision instead mm-hmm. of looking a bit broader um, yeah I don't know I think I think Leanne might have some thoughts on this without putting her on the spot yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I see the way that you just passed the buck over to to Leanne. There. <laughs> Leanne, let, let me let me begin by 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 giving you a chance to talk about just some of the the common issues, the common challenges that that you find young people have um, when it comes to accessing these opportunities. Because it's important for us to look at that so that people are able to correct it as you have new people coming into the system. Yes, um, Kathy and Andrew, um, we know we know the conundrum that um, that young people keep on complaining. I don't have the relevant experience or enough experience or the right um, education and qualifications to get the jobs, and that's why I don't get anything. And um, yes, that that's maybe true, but that's also a bit of an excuse. And I think it's just they miss um, some elements of it. So really, the, in my opinion, the best way to get um, to gain knowledge and skills are not really actually most often in the classroom. It's actually by doing and by working. And also, you don't need to wait for a paid job to get that. You can volunteer and you can help out, whether that's in the local corner store or community projects, um, and start somewhere to start to develop your skills and prove yourself. And um, what what young people also miss is that actually the skills they gain there are most often transferable and can be applied in a in a job situation. So, for example, if someone has just been packing racks in a store, organizing stock, um, taking stock, um, making sure everything tallies up, then then that's actually really good administrative and organizational skills that. A business could really make use of in the back office or in other aspects as well. So it's just for them to be able to to, to realize that don't sit and wait, <laughs> really go out there, find opportunities, and then prove your potential, and it will be noticed out there by employers. And 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 from from the work that you do via WhatsApp, uh, Leanne, when it comes to people building their CVs, um, the skills that that they need, the soft skills that you're teaching them, what are some of the the common issues that come up there? Yes, um, yeah. 
Soft skills is really, I think we all realize, it's a, it's a big barrier for people to be productive straight away in the job environment. And actually, that's what, what employers want more than technical skills. Um, and the, the, the thing is that actually soft skills can be developed right there at home. Literally, just actually, most often it's about English communication, verbal skills, basic financial literacy, um, and then just the tenacity of, of being a problem solver and being inquisitive, being always want to improve, add value, and, um, and uh, you know, grow yourself and learn. And those are the type of things that, that young people can do at home. If they put their minds to it and they want to, they can tap into the, the knowledge and the wisdom of the older people around them um, in their communities, and, and that will help them to to really be much more marketable out there to employers. You know, this issue of soft skills, and, and Errol, you brought it up earlier. Is it a question of um, timidity that, that you find young people can be quite timid when they're in the workplace, that they don't have the confidence um, perhaps to, to speak about certain issues uh, or even to engage with, with others? Certainly. I think conflict resolution is a major issue when it comes to, uh, you know, the side where we're talking about soft skills. Um, conflict within an organization with, uh, with two employees or with a, a superior and somebody that that, that, that reports to them. Uh, quite often, if there is some sort of tension or, or an issue, it's not dealt with um, in a professional manner. In fact, it's, it's the quite opposite, you know, quite often there's an absconsion because there's tension between two employees or something like that, as opposed to, you know, finding some sort of resolution that that uh, they can move forward. Uh, the skills aren't there, you know. And it's hard to teach these skills because it's, it's entrenched, you know. It's not uh, it's not something that, that's been, been, been there for, for as long as they've been around, you know. So, I mean, we do, through our work readiness and our soft skills training and stuff like that, try you know, and we, we do uh, interactions and all sorts of uh, role-playing and all sorts of things, um, uh, you know, to try, you know, prevent these these, these, these things from happening. Mm. But as I said, it's really, it's not a science in the sense that it's, it's each candidate and each person is an individual that got their own, you know, way that they, they view the world. And, um, yeah, abscontion, uh, just to reiterate, I mean, it's probably the, the, the hardest you know, once you have an opportunity to get another opportunity, even like rarer, you know, just having we, we've got such a crisis happening in this country with youth unemployment, um, and I'm floor, I plead with these guys, just stick it out, have some grit, you know, just uh, just uh, take uh, take it on the chin until you you, you prove yourself and you can move within, you know, upwardly uh, within an organisation or, or other opportunities once you get real experience, but. Um, yeah, yeah. With you know, with, with the panels, all, all pretty much in agreement that you know the, the soft skills and the, the you know just the wherewithal to, to navigate your way you know through this, um, which could could sometimes be quite a minefield for a young yeah. person that never you know never had to deal with this sort of thing, and, and very often you know parents or, or, or family members haven't got the the, the experience either to guide them, you know, so it's a bit of a bit of a quagmire to say the least. Yeah, and I think you know it's something for 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 us as a community to be mindful of because these are things. I think it was Leanne who was saying that that can be taught in the home. Uh, so it, it really is a lesson to parents as well, you know, to say 
be mindful of, of, of some of these challenges and begin early, start early when it comes to um, exposing and, and training uh, training your children where some of these skills are concerned. I want to play some of the voice notes that have come through on this issue. Hi, Siskedi, this is Tommy from Kimberley. It is very difficult to find work in South Africa, especially with this type of economy after this hard lockdowns that has happened and with uh, small businesses closing shop. Is it, not, is it not better for them to encourage young people to start businesses so that they can employ other young people to maybe form partnership with the small business department uh, uh, in government to see how we can find ways and means to get young people to start businesses and to focus on online business especially uh, to make sure that young people invent apps that can uh, stimulate job creation and so on because uh, it is very difficult to find a job now with this type of economy when the government is even retrenching people. Good day, SFM, and to listeners, and to the Honorable Guest, it's Sullivan Gamda from uh, Durban. Just like to ask the Honorable Guest a uh, question with regard to our youth uh, job applications. Most of the jobs we go today, even in the municipality, they ask you for two years' experience and over. So we need to come out and uh, cut the experience out to give our youth a chance because if we came out of college and if we do not work, how do you get experience? So that's the problems we're encountering. Most of the jobs are asking for experience, which we don't have. So please shed some light on yeah, the, the, the issue of jobs and experience comes up a lot. I'll give our guests an opportunity to respond to that in a moment. Let me go to East London. Anonymous, good morning. Hello, Anonymous. All right, it looks like we've lost Anonymous on, on the line there. I'm not sure um, what happened, but Anonymous wanted to talk about the issue of salary expectations, um, and, and it's really about what people think that they're going to earn when they're getting into their first jobs um, versus what they do actually end up uh, earning. Okay, Anonymous is back on the line. Hello, Anonymous. Morning, Katya. I'm all right. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> My son was... Anonymous, I'm going, to ask you, I'm going to ask you just to move around a little bit because I'm struggling to hear you on that line. Yeah. Just just keep moving. <laughs> oh, all right. Unfortunately, that line to Anonymous is, is very, very bad. I can't hear him at all. But uh, basically, Anonymous was raising the issue of salary expectations uh, and that sometimes young people have a particular salary in mind, especially based on a degree or a qualification they may have had. But of course, if without the experience, it's very hard to get there. Uh, how do you guys deal with it in your line of work? Andrew, let me kick it off with you this time. Um, thank you, Cathy. I, uh, I also really want us to talk about the entrepreneurship thing, if we can. Yes, yes, yes. But, please go for yes. it. But. Uh, can I answer that quickly before I, um, before we talk about salary expectations? Yes, go for it. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I really appreciate that, that note, and I think uh, the caller is, is bang on the money. I mean, entrepreneurship is the way to to solve the, the unemployment crisis in, in, in the long term. 
Um, one is thing that really frustrates me, and I'm just using data from our own platform. Uh, but if I look at the number of people who complete courses, and we've had you know hundreds of thousands of people complete courses on the on on our platform, um, the bulk of them are focusing on completing the work ready courses. So these are courses to help you prepare for your interview, how to dress at work, etc., which are great. So 55% of people are, are completing work ready courses. Only 7% are completing any of the entrepreneurship courses we have. Um, and I really would like to encourage people to go out and look for specifically four little entrepreneurship courses to, to do because as, an, as a potential employer, you're also interested in people who are showing that they can start something or willing to, to try. Um, you know, self-starter is a, is a word often used by employers in jobs. So even though you're formally employing someone, you're looking for someone who has sort of an entrepreneurial spirit and you're more likely to take a chance on a candidate has shown some willingness to 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 build something themselves. And that's an important point to make, whether or not that venture has been successful or, or, or not. You know, it's about the fact that you have put yourself out there, that you, you have what it takes. Um, Anonymous, I understand you're back on the line in East London. Good morning. Katie, how are you? I'm all right. Thank you, Anonymous. Bye. Quickly, I see the time. I, I took my son. My son got a university degree. He started something different. Then I brought him into my company that I started. Now, uh, you know, he's looking at, he doesn't look at the big picture, you know, of getting the experience. I heard the, the other guy from Durban, he said, when he they want two years, uh, uh, you know, experience and all that. I'm giving him experience. I'm giving him a stipend, a certain amount per month. Mm. He wants more money. He doesn't look at the big picture that says, my dad has given me this opportunity of gaining experience. You know? But he wants more money. And I said to him, you've got nothing. You know? Mm. You've got a university degree, but in this field, you know nothing. You know? And, and, Don't and, look at your and, and Anonymous, does he still stay at home with you? Yes, he stays at home. You know, he stays at home, I'm giving him a certain amount of stipend, but he comes in now demanding a certain amount of money. Mm. But he doesn't have any experience. Mm. And I say to him, listen, I might, uh, you know, I'm very soon uh, reaching a certain age where I might leave the company. And then look at the big picture. I might leave this company in you, mm. with you. Mm. You know, mm. don't look at this thing that I'm giving you, this stipend that I'm giving you. I'm giving you knowledge. You know, I'm giving experience. I might leave this company with you. But now you're looking at the issue of the money because young people, they are so, so much, you know, uh, uh, fixed in money. Mm-hmm. How much am I getting out of this thing? They don't look at the, the picture of experience that they know nothing. You're giving them. I'm talking about my own son. I'm not talking about somebody else. And, and I suppose part of a part of that experience is because it's a family business. So one would think that he would be putting his hand up, you know, to say, "Let me contribute to the family business." Exactly, because you know, within the business, there is the question, you know, this organization that runs us for a succession plan that you must have, you know, a successor mm-hmm. at a certain point in time. You know, somebody that you must leave the business with. You know, he doesn't look at that, and I've exposed those things to him. 
All right. Anonymous, yeah. Anonymous, let's leave it there for this morning. But yeah, very interesting uh, scenario that, that you've put on the table. Errol, let me come to you. Perhaps you can respond to Anonymous or any of the WhatsApp voice notes and also give us your concluding remarks. Well, yes, I mean, uh, I'd like to be, you know, just uh, talk to both of those points. Um, the first one, yes, there's, there's a, 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 you know, a, a massive gap between what the expectations are with regards to salary and what reality is. Um, the majority of the work that we do at the moment, uh, the bread and butter of the organization is really in the intensive space. And, um, you know, internship, uh, the, the salary is anything from about 2,000 to probably about 4,500, depending on uh, qualifications and the funder. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's not a lot of money. I mean, we can all, we can all uh, understand that and respect that there's not a lot of money in today's current times. But you'll see a lot of people that we, I'm currently just, uh, you know, interviewing quite a lot of the guys that we close, especially small business, and I'll get to that now. Um, and they are so appreciative just to be earning something. Some of these guys, others, it's just you know not enough. The expectations are not not in line with what reality is. Mm. We must also take into consideration the cost of transport, the cost of you know just getting to work and 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 stuff like that. I think financial literacy is critically important. Unfortunately, without having the, the right uh, mentors and the right people. Guiding you, um, quite often, you know, you take your first paycheck and only mm-hmm. have a council over the place and, uh, you know, DSTV and then the massive cell phone um, contracts and all sorts of fancy things that are going to get you uh, a lot of financial difficulty and you're not going to be able to go to work uh, on Monday because there's no money mm-hmm. for transport. Yeah. So, so that yeah. sort of stuff is, is critically important. Right. Talking about unlocking the economy. Um, we do quite a lot of work in small business space, especially in the internship space within small businesses. And, you know, the formal economy is shrinking. You know, the corporate, the corporate, um, the, the formal job market, let's just say that, the the economy, but the formal job market is shrinking. There are less and less job opportunities in the corporate environment. So the only way that we're going to unlock this economy and create jobs in this system and make people sustainable is really in the small business space. All right. So, um, you know, a lot of these small businesses find themselves in a bit of a rut, and the way to grow is to derive human capital, but they can't afford that human capital. So that's where we come in and, and help aid them to, to, to afford the human capital. But the idea is if that person becomes integral in their business, the business grows, they become permanent employees, more people get employed, et cetera, et cetera, and theoretically. You know, every every situation is different, but that's 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 where that's where focus needs to be put. You know, job creation within the within the SME sort of environment and the creation of SMEs themselves, where people can stand on their own two feet and not be reliant on a salary. Mm-hmm. This is something that's critically important that we need to look at and and focus at. All focus right, on. Errol. We're going to have to leave it there for this morning. We're completely out of time for this conversation. Let me thank all of my guests, Errol, Andrew, and Leanne, for coming onto the show today. It's just after 11 o'clock. Luanda has your latest news update.